Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today I'll be continuing a discussion on past lives. Why would we choose to live embodied lives full of struggle, pain, failure, mistakes, and inevitable death? Why would we choose to come be in bodies and lifetimes full of sorrow and regret? Why keep ourselves on a continuous wheel full of negative experiences and punishment? Well, there's no one reason why we enter into any given life. But the overarching reason why we enter into embodied lives is to feel. I liken coming into a body like condensing vapor into liquid. Souls have no form, or, more to the point, they have the potentiality for all forms. Souls, who we are at home in the Akashics in our unembodied state, communicate telepathically and empathically with each other, and so everyone feels what the other feels, has the same thought at the same time that someone thinks it, and lives the experience at the same moment that the other soul is experiencing it. This is going on all around us in every second, which causes two things to influence our communications, our experiences, and our thoughts as souls. One, we're conscious that our existence affects other souls, so we try to minimize this impact through modulating our behaviors. Just like having an indoor voice when being around other people, modulating our behaviors doesn't change our message, our ability to live our lives. It just moderates it in order to make social interactions more conducive to positive connection. Two, through this modulation and social interaction, we learn to be more than we are, to be interconnected, and so become a great deal more socially aware of each other and ourselves. We become considerate citizens of a broader community, working for the betterment of everyone since it is literally true that the betterment of one member of the community makes each of us a better person. However, what the modulation process also does is slow down our own learning and becoming. Becoming is not a solitary process. We don't experience things in a vacuum. Learning involves others, and yet as souls, we move carefully and mindfully due to our interconnected nature. Also, It keeps us a bit distant from our individual selves since there are very few means of spending time alone or for solitary self-reflection. By contrast, embodied lives take who we are and condenses it. We're no longer spread out throughout the community, but are truly, purely, 100% just us. And everything becomes immediate, sensual, and completely foreign. No more direct input from others. No more instantaneous guidance and communal voice urging us on or cautioning us. No benign censorship of what we think or feel or do. Anything is possible, and we're responsible for our own actions and the consequences. Learning and becoming accelerate because of this. What can take millennia as a soul can take only a lifetime or even just a few years to accomplish in an embodied life. So many aspects of self can be experienced and explored, some that we might not have any chance to play out as a soul. Also, 
As we learn as much or more from negative experiences and negative emotions, from mistakes and failures, as we do from success, being embodied is the perfect place to learn and grow and become for those who are willing to take on the challenge, since these things are major aspects of embodied life. You're experiencing one of the most difficult things a soul can do. You are learning you. You are becoming more of who you can truly be hour by hour. Past lives can show you how you did it before, give you perspective on how to do it better this time, and give you courage to follow your personal path and your dreams. Some people think of past lives as evidence that life is somewhat like living on the eternal and universal playground, where a bully is forever grabbing their wrist and hitting them with their own hand while chanting, Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Others think of past lives as an ongoing class with a punitive teacher who assigns difficult or impossible tasks and then punishes them for not being perfect at them, submitting them to ridicule, making them suffer endlessly, making them repeat the project over and over until they achieve the end result with perfect technique. Both of these perspectives place people in the subordinate role of student with an authority or beings of power controlling the situation. Underlying these notions is the idea that people are powerless, are victims, and that the system must be escaped somehow, or that someone other than people need to intervene in order to rectify such negative experiences. Some people feel that with enough time in, they will graduate from the incarnation process and move on to a better place. Others feel that there's some practice, some state of being, or some way of life that will help them escape altogether. While I understand where these ideas come from, I find none of them validated in people's soul books or in their past life records. What I found recorded over and over again is the fact that no one is required to live an embodied life. It's a choice that we enter into freely each time we embody. And each life we undertake is a choice we make after a huge amount of research, self-reflection, and evaluation, pre-planning, and preparation. The wild cards in the mix are free will and the fact that we forget who we truly are while we're here in order to focus on this life exclusively. All beings have free will and everyone is free willing every second of their lives. So random happens. And that is part of the mystery and the amazingness of life. Looking at people's past lives is fascinating, not only because of the variety of them, but because of the choices made prior to their start and while they're being lived. Actions and reactions, choices of careers, of circumstances, of relationships, of opportunities, and what we do with those choices, or whether we choose to make them at all, makes each one a work of art that can be noir, or stark, or resplendent, or sepia, or just a wash of color and feeling. We aren't completely in control of everything because we're just one part of the interconnected web of things, but we're not entirely victims of some punitive god who delights in our suffering. Past lives can show us the choices we've made and help us understand more clearly who we are and what potential we have for this lifetime. We've all heard about life not being perfect and about needing to fail multiple times in order to succeed and that everyone makes mistakes. And all of this is true. It all applies in the macro as well as the micro. Our past lives are a record of our successes and our failures. 
guaranteed, in order to be as successful in life as we are now, I know it doesn't feel like it, but trust me, you are, we have failed spectacularly a lot. For example, you wanted to succeed in business and be a sea captain with a merchant fleet, but you ended up shipwrecked with a crew that was out of meat and is looking at you as lunch. Or you wanted to have a large family and you choose to be a missionary, but unfortunately your children all die of various diseases and injuries. Or you wanted to help the poor and end up dying in a political uprising. You wanted to have power, so you came into the world as male and a Viking, but end up lonely and alone on a decimated stretch of land with nothing to come home to. We don't always succeed, and it could be shocking to see the outcomes of lives where we didn't. Sometimes these outcomes are out of our control, like dying of a disease you caught because you were living with missionary parents. Sometimes they very much are like being a crappy ship's captain and therefore becoming what's on the menu when someone has to be the entree. We don't think of ourselves as being those people because we aren't them anymore. We've learned from those events. We've grown and become and are now working on new lessons. And in this industrialized world, where a great many of us don't live in situations where our lives are endangered regularly, or in jobs which are dangerous to our health, it's an even bigger shock to our system to come face to face with our history, which shows at one time we were, and we did. Past lives can be educational in many different ways. Hopefully one of the best things they can teach us is to be grateful for who we are now. We worked very hard to get here, and we're amazing. The first section of most Akashic Records or Soul Books is an account of past lives in chronological order. But the second section of most Soul Books is a detailed account of what each life meant for the soul and everyone else who was connected to it, all derived from the reintegration process. Past life records don't include this information as it's not a part of the embodied experience. People who help clients retrieve and relive past lives have at times been able to access this information and follow a soul through the reintegration process and back to the Akashics like Michael Newton. But most follow the path of the past life to its conclusion at death and the soul's release from physical form finding the details of existence, but leaving the reasons why and lessons learned a mystery. The exit from the body and reintegration of spirit merits its own section, as it's a process with great wisdom and accomplishment as the outcome. It's a piece of a lifetime most affected by free will. While births can be traumatic, ecstatic, and dramatic for all involved, they're highly scripted and managed events. The soul has spent great care and effort to choose a life, work with teachers, guides, and peers to craft the lessons, challenges, and rewards within the life, made connections, contracts, and schedules with other souls, their own soul group, other soul groups, and charted out all the possibilities to be explored. While free will plays a part even at the start of our lives, there are relatively few variables to contend with. Ending a life comes as the culmination of millions and millions of decisions and interactions with countless people, objects, and entities, which influence us even in a very short lifetime. The exit plan may have been scripted or a surprise based on choices made by ourselves or others. What we experience at the end is unique to the individual and can impress on us an epitaph we carry as the meaning for that lifetime. How we release from the life how we take those experiences, 
who we have become and how we integrate that back into a full understanding of who we truly are is its own journey with its own beauty and majesty. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, I'll be starting an introduction to actual Akashic Records or soul books. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. 